Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Why are you drinking out of a plastic cup anyway? Like glass is what you, you're at home. Plastic cups are better. No, they're not. Can I please? Yes, they are. <laughs> no, they're not. Yes, they are. Welcome back to Stay Hot. I'm Matthew Sponauer, as always joined by Theo Ash and Bladen Kirk. Theo Ash and Bladen Kirk, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Matt, but I would like to point out that uh, you said yesterday that you were locked in and then pulled a Jimmy Butler and showed up late. I showed up one minute late. No, you showed it's up. Not a, it's three, not about no, the time. No, no, no. <laughs> you showed up. It's not about the time that though. you show up. It's about how you perform when you show up. And I'm going to have a great podcast today. Count on it. <laughs> what did you guys do over Memorial Day? That's my question. I was I was at my cabin. How about you guys? I uh, edited a YouTube video all day. Is that video like an hour or something? I haven't no, seen it yet. No, it's just getting hyped up a lot, Bladen. It, it's not. It's 13 minutes long. I tried to keep it concise. Oh. I thought when um, you were you were showing screenshots of your editing, I was like, there was like no, there's there was just a lot of stuff to like do, but it, it wasn't like an actual long video. It was just a, a lot. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now where were you at? My grandparents uh, came to visit for the extended weekend. So from Canton, from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, those from, grandparents from South Carolina. Oh, oh, the the South Carolina connection. All right. Yep. All right. Okay, that sounds all good. Yeah, we, New, delayed the, um, we delayed the podcast for a day to do those things, I guess. <laughs> we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff this episode, takeaways from the first round of the NBA playoffs, and we're doing some truth or BS NFL takes. Our producer's going to give us some, and we'll tell you what we think about them. But before that, we actually have a new TikTok account uh, just for the podcast. It's at Stay Hot Pod on TikTok. Uh, we'll be... I don't know, making some just general podcast related content kind of as a way to promote the podcast, but also as a way to just make some more uh, content together on a platform that we all like to use. Yeah, like clips from the podcast is what I'm thinking. And I'll probably make some just like NBA takes if I have one. Uh, I'll probably just put it on there because the NFL account will probably stay NFL. But I'll talk some, I talk basketball on here. So 
like that's kind of where I envision, you know, at least a part of it doing stuff like that. But yeah, who knows what we'll put on there. Yeah. And if I need to cry about, you know, you guys hating on me for just eating ice cream, you know, that that's where I'll do it. I don't know if we can call what you eat ice cream, but you know, <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah. You can cry about it on the, on the stay hot TikTok account. Anyway, some of our takeaways from the first round of the playoffs. Now, mostly when we've been doing these, we've been talking about obviously like the teams and the players, but I want to talk about the fans because they have been absolutely insane since like a week ago. I don't know They've when been exactly. Fanatic. And it's definitely interesting, but why do you think fans are acting like this all of a sudden? Well, I feel like, I don't know. It's the first time that they've been back in a long time, you know, like in these, in these atmospheres. And I feel like that is the primary reason because there's been, a, or maybe what is maybe even more likely is there's just more of a focus on shenanigans. And I don't know, maybe like getting stuff, getting thrown at players, just wasn't so much of a story in the past. And it's just like getting highlighted more now. Um, like you, like the Trey Young getting spit on thing. That was like someone caught that happening like very much in the background of a, of a shot on the broadcast. And I wonder how much that happened before and people just weren't really paying attention because it wasn't so much of a point of emphasis. I don't know. Oh, no, I, I, that's definitely... I can't remember any other player getting spit on before then. I mean, maybe if we go back somewhat or maybe I'm just forgetting something. I kind of feel like it's partially the fact that people just maybe haven't been out to playoff games in a long time and they're getting really drunk. Because there was that fan the other day that ran on the court. You would never run onto a court in the middle of a playoff game sober because there's only one way that's going to end, right? Yeah. Speak for yourself. No, I'm like you could, okay. You could like throw a bottle at a player and think that you're going to get away with that. There's no way that you could think you're going to get away with running on the court during right. the game. Um, and then I think partially it's because the more people do it, the more it ends up on like sports center and all over Twitter. And then that gives these type of people more ideas to do it. And it right. kind of builds on itself. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I, I was. I, I have to agree more with Theo's second point that I just think we're just catching it more. Matt, you said that you've never seen someone get spit on before, but that I highly doubt that it's never happened. You, you're gonna sit here and tell me that like MJ never got spit on in the playoffs. Maybe not MJ, but I don't know. I've just. <laughs> I, it'd be interesting to ask the players if they what they think about this and if they're they're legitimately experiencing like more harassment from fans now that they're back, or if it's about the same and people have just kind of, you know, I'm tired now, of it. Now that it's kind of a, a narrative, and yeah. now every time it happens, it's it's everywhere. I, I I do wonder how how often stuff like this, you know, in NFL, it'll be interesting when fans are back in the NFL. And, you know, if, if, if you see the same thing. Also, I would like to say getting a lifetime ban from a stadium cannot be that hard to evade. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> does, do all the security people know your face? And like, you can just get a ticket under a different name. So everyone's got to be where exactly what you look like. You know, I, I feel like a lifetime ban isn't, I mean, 
obviously that's about as that's about as harsh as a punishment as they can give out. But I don't know how much that actually does. I feel like you could get back in pretty. No, it definitely it definitely would be hard to enforce. I don't know if you're trying to like prove a point about how you could sneak into a stadium. I tried. <laughs> I tried during this uh, Suns versus Hornets game. I tried every single entrance and there was six, there was a security guard posted up at every single one. I could not get in the stadium. Um, I went in through the parking garage. I went in through. So if you don't have a ticket, it is hard to get in. But if you do have a ticket under a different name, I mean, I don't really see it being a huge problem. What, uh, what were some of y'all's takeaway? Uh, I got it. I mean, the only first round playoff series that is done is Bucks Heat. And I mean, that was the kind of, you know, ass kicking that makes you rethink everything about the Bucks. I mean, yeah, they won that's by, the other thing that I have listed here. Yeah. That they won by an average of 20 and a half points per game. And the first game went to overtime and they won by two. So to win by an average of over 20, I mean, that's that's historic. Historically, like just a drubbing. That's insane. <laughs> I, I, so, I think we all kind of had the Heat and Bucks game as kind of a pretty huge storyline. I don't think I anybody mean, had that series being as big of a blood as it was. Of course exactly. not, because the Heat just handed it to the Bucks last year. I mean, so let me ask it, you. Let me ask you this then. You are a person who thinks it's ridiculous to pick against the Nets. And I'm somebody who picks the Nets to win the finals too, assuming they stay healthy, even though I think that's a pretty big if. Um, how do you feel about the Bucks' chances against the Nets though? Because it looks like that's the matchup we're going to get. It looks like that's the matchup we're going to get. And I mean, the Bucks played the Nets in the regular season and it was always a exciting, you know, battle. And it there were a couple games where... It came down to the wire. And I think the Bucks got the better of that matchup in the regular season, I believe. And I remember, you know, Giannis was Giannis was shooting it pretty well, like not just dunking in layups, like ju his jump shot was falling, I think. So I feel like you need to have that happen again for the entire series for the Bucks to win is to have Giannis's kind of jump shot fall a little bit. Obviously, the the Nets don't really have anyone to match up with Giannis in the paint. Um, and the Bucks with Middleton and with uh, Giannis and with Holiday, they do kind of have the personnel to, to guard the Nets about as well as anyone. And with the way they just dispatched the Heat, I do, I will have to step back and say, like, yeah, the Bucks, realistically, they do have a chance against the Nets. Giannis needs to, needs his jump shot needs to fall, though. Yeah, I, I think the biggest problem for the Nets is definitely going to be whether or not they can stop Giannis, you know, inside game. That's really the, I mean, they're they're awesome shooting. They're one of, if not the best shooting team in the league. But, you know, even um, what even the Bucks were able to dismantle the Heat without shooting that well. I mean, we talked in uh, game one, I think they shot like 13% from three and they still managed to win. So I, I, I would, I don't know if I'd pick the Bucks to win, but as far as having a shot, it's more than likely. I think it goes to six at, at least. I don't even, I don't even know if I'm that worried about like, okay. It's like, are the Nets going to be able to stop Giannis? No. But that's that's right. not the net. The Nets game <laughs> exactly. plan is not to sit here and stop Giannis or anything. They that's just want to outscore uh, the Bucks, And I know that I saw Drew Holiday had a couple of bad games last series, or maybe Chris Middleton would go cold. That type of stuff can't happen if right. they want to beat the Nets. And even Giannis um, went cold. I mean, it was, yeah. 
it was a lot of like Bryn Forbes hitting everything. Like it was a lot of, I mean, I'm not saying like their big three didn't play well. They did, but like a lot of it was just the depth. And that's the other thing that, you know, everything needs, everything needs to go right for the Bucks. So they, they have a chance. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm not too, too, too. I wouldn't say worried, but I, I still think the Nets will win that. Pr- maybe not pretty easily, but it would surprise me if the Bucks won. I think it goes to seven. Yeah, I think it goes to seven. Or, yeah, That's I think fair. it goes to seven. I think the the Bucks are really, really well built to match up against the Nets. As they far are. as any, I mean, is there any other team in the league that matches up better? With maybe the, Nets. the Lakers. Maybe no. the 76ers aren't, I, I don't know. Defensively, the 76ers have a really good shot against the Nets, I feel like. But I don't, that's, that's a much weirder, with Simmons not being able to shoot. And then you have to put Thibel and Simmons on the court at the same time. And that can be really tough. And Yeah, no, I don't like this. I don't like the 40, 49ers, 76ers, <laughs> other number team. The 76ers chances just because like you have to defend, but you also have to, someone is going to be in a, on the nets is always going to be in a favorable matchup, but that's not really the case with the, I mean, it is favorable by a little bit probably, but like, I mean, against the bucks. Yeah. That is the team that the nets will probably have the most problems with. I don't know. I just think James Harden has been, he's even, even if you can stop him from scoring his ability to play, make, is so ridiculous. And, you know, yeah, he can like just yeah. choose which he wants to do. And some, if he needs to go score 40 points, he can go score 40 points. If he needs to go drop 20 assists, he can drop 20 assists. I don't, I don't know if you can beat that. I really do like the Bucks. So it wouldn't surprise me if they beat them, but I, I, I do have to lean the Nets. Yeah, I would lean the Nets in maybe six. Um, but yeah, the Bucks do have a shot, but I think Giannis's jump shot needs to fall. I think that's the key to everything is you can't, he's got to be a little bit more multifaceted, but, and I don't, I don't, I just don't see that happening, but they do match up well. It wouldn't shock me like it would the Celtics or the, the even yeah. the 76ers you would know, shock me if they beat the Nets. I kind of think that that shouldn't be the game plan for Milwaukee. I'm not betting the season on Giannis jump shots when, why would he need to take jump shots against a team that doesn't can't stop them inside against Miami. You can like, okay, I get that because they have bam and they're going to key in on, uh, key in on him inside. And they obviously kind of had the game plan to stop him last year, but this series, I mean, Giannis dropped like 50 points one game. He's probably going to average 40 that series. If the bucks are going to be in it playing well, he's going to drop 40. Um, You know, I like Claxton and whatnot, but, their inside presence isn't even close to Miami. So I expect Giannis to get all of his work inside, honestly. Now, I, I have a quick question for you guys. I've been talking about this on TikTok the past couple of days. Do you think Giannis is a legend? Yeah. Uh, well, what is what is He's a legend? A, yeah, everyone bet, will know who he is in the future. He'll, I mean, everyone is always like, going to okay. be honest. Is he went I, yeah, I guess it does depend on how you define legend. But if he retired today, do you think he would be a Hall of Famer? I think yeah. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. won two very, MVPs very, in a row. Oh my God. That's what I'm saying. Back-to-back MVP. Everyone is going to okay. remember who Giannis is for the, is anyone who is alive now is going to be like, oh, okay. I remember Giannis. So so you could, I would you say could that. take away his MVPs, just take those awards off the books. He still makes the Hall of Fame. It's not that hard to make the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's that, hard, that's it's the problem. Like NBA Hall of Fame doesn't really mean legend because there's definitely players who are in the Hall who are probably he's not five-time legends. All NBA. Yeah, he's making the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I've been arguing with people about this, and I just think it's like really weird that people don't think he's a legend. I feel like I feel like it, it's tough with the Hall of Fame because a lot of people kind of get the standards for the NFL Hall of Fame and the standards for the NBA Hall yeah. of Fame. It's not the same thing. Yes, no people people tell me the 
NFL Hall of Fame super easy to make. Like there aren't like 11 <laughs> wide receivers in it, like total or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like the NFL Hall of Fame is very hard to make. The NBA Hall of Fame, a little bit different. The NBA Hall of Fame is a little bit different because the NFL, you're just looking at that one league. But for the basketball Hall of Fame, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the basketball oh, Hall right, of Fame. Right. Okay. You have to take it from like, I kind of try to look at it from the perspective of, well, if you were in Europe, then you would see it as you have to be great in this European league, then go to the best league in the world, which is the NBA, and then go be great in that league, and then you'd make the Basketball right. Hall of Fame. So it might seem a little bit easier than the NFL Hall of Fame, but I think since it's a more global scale, it, it might be a little that, bit. That's fair. Maybe even that out a little fair. bit. Yeah, that's true. My other takeaway is, uh, or I guess Bladen, I don't know. We've kind of been talking about the Bucks, but um, I've got one more. I don't know if you have anything else. No, go for it. Go for it. I'm excited to hear it. I've got, I think we, we were talking, we were hyping up Michael Porter Jr. a lot at the beginning of this and saying like, okay, that's going to be the reason why the Nuggets don't really, you know, see much of a drop off. And we probably should pump the brakes on that a little bit. He scored three points in game four. Not His awesome. Def- not awesome at all. His field goal percentage is down like 7%. Um, his his defense has been bad. His defensive rating, I don't know how much stock you put into that stat, but it's pretty atrocious right now. You know, Murray, Jamal Murray in the playoffs last year stepped up and was dropping 50 points left and right. And MPJ was supposed to kind of shoulder that load. And in the regular season, he looked up for it, but you know, three points game four. And I would say everyone kind of needs to, we probably shouldn't have been, we kind of got to slow down a little bit on him. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to get ahead of yourselves with a guy like Michael Porter Jr. And you watch him when he's hot. It's what else am I supposed to think, you know? Because right. the confidence and the thing, he has and in the shot about is the playoffs awesome. is I don't want to draw all these sweeping conclusions about players based on a three, four game sample size where I hate that when, when postseason success determines like everything about your legacy. But yeah. we're talking about takeaways from the playoffs. I got to say something. You got to put up oh, yeah. more than three points. No, but, 100%. You know, that's not saying that'll never get there, but like we should probably pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, that no, was I, actually, I, that kind of leads into my big takeaway. I cannot predict these NBA playoffs to save my life. I can't <laughs> because these like small sample sizes. I was talking about the Clippers like last week and about how they just like can't do anything right. And now they're like tied 2-2. I mean, and then Luca in, in their last game, what do you, what did he shoot? Like one for seven from three? Like, I, I, I there's no predictability at all. And it's, and it's totally ridiculous. And this is bringing it back to the NFL. It's interesting how like the NBA playoffs, like three NBA series, or sometimes even like two, two and a half. That's an entire NFL season. So that just says that was why my yeah. name was 16 game sample size on uh, TikTok for a while. It's <laughs> just because it was a a nod to kind of how ridiculous like NFL conclusions are to draw because the sample sizes are always so small. But anyway, mm-hmm. going back to MPJ and the Nuggets, like, yeah, he's got to step up is basically my takeaway from that series. You know, I, I said in the last um, in the last podcast that I thought the Nuggets were going to end up pulling out this series because uh, Portland's defense is not that good. And I still stand by that. I'm not going to abandon that just yet because I don't think Porter is going to put up three points tonight, I believe, is when they play. Mm -hmm. Old take. Maybe this podcast, because this podcast will come out tomorrow morning. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) 
The over, um, if the over under was three, you'd bet the over. Is that what you're talking? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Get your hottest um, takes here on the Stay Hot podcast. Michael G. Porter Jr. will score more than three points. Bold prediction, Matt. <laughs> Going to put it to the test tonight. Anyway, that's that's why I'm um, I'm not too too worried. I think Porter is a very confident player. Um, so even though he did have a bad game, uh, I, I'm I'm feeling decent about him bouncing back. I will say, though, that obviously if he keeps playing like that, Nuggets aren't going to win. There's only so much Jokic can do, um, and they are missing Murray, even though I, I did say that them losing him was maybe not as detrimental, not as hurtful as it could have been just because how the team plays or how the team's structured. As far as the Clippers go, you're saying that series is weird? I have a lot to say about that. The funny, <laughs> The reason why the Clippers were able to just turn it around like that is because they realize that they can go small ball against a team that is starting a seven foot three player. That's not good. And I, I'm really starting to wonder what does the rest of Porzingis's career look like? Because again, I know we're not supposed to overreact to just four games in the playoffs, but that's not like him shooting poorly. Yeah. Like Michael Porter jr. Is struggling or he just put up three points, but you know, that's kind of a fluky sample size thing where, you know, he still passes the eye test and he still looks like a good basketball player most of the time. Porzingis, I mean, this whole year, and especially it's coming to a head now. I mean, it is a fundamental problem with his play style where it's like, okay, it doesn't look like you are, it doesn't look like you're right. And it's showing in the statistics and it's showing on film and it's showing in the games and that he's playing like, a much smaller guy than he is. And that's not just the shots not falling. That's a problem that goes deeper. Yeah, it's just, it sucks because it didn't used to be like this. But injuries have, I mean, he's played less than 50% of possible games that he could have played in the last four years. Um, I just, I don't have any faith in him to turn it around. Being completely honest, I, I it's hard for a guy that big injury-wise to just, He's never, I mean, he's never not missed double digit games and he's in season six. That's right. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's just not something that changes. (laughs) Um, I think he is still, you know, I don't think he's a bad player yet or anything, but when, when you get that, when you get to that, that level of injury, though, you're, he just can't. He can't be physical like he needs to be at seven foot three. And if you can't be physical and you can't do the inside work, then being seven foot three becomes a it's lot useless. less valuable. It's, it's yeah, it doesn't yeah. do you no, much. I'll, I'll take it as he can't play. He is a massive negative out there right now. It's useless. It's the reason why the Clippers are going to be able to come back from this and they already have. And now it's even. And if you have Porzingis playing like this, I mean, you can't. You, like, yeah, you're you're a huge, you can't be out there. You can't, like, you can't be out there and play like that and expect to win the game. You are a bad player. And, you know, that, that can he turn it around? Again, it, a tall guy with chronic injuries, can, can a tall guy with chronic injuries turn it around? Again, and and I'm, the problem, the problem is just him being more physical and he's a tall right. guy with chronic injuries. That just seems, that seems like an impossible yeah. ask. Yes, and people, people, like physicality is something that people think, like is an easy fix because it's technically something you can just go do. It's a mentality thing where you would, and that's again, all sports is mentality is the hardest thing to change. Exactly. People, any problem, 
anytime there's a technique issue with anyone, the first reaction is, okay, well, that can change because you can coach it out. You know, you can yeah. flip a switch, but really it's, it's the most difficult thing. If you're don't, yeah. if you're not being physical and you don't have that dogma, you can't just get it. You can't yeah. just. Bad habits don't change overnight. It takes a long time. Yeah. So who do you guys have in the series, uh, Clippers or Mavs? Oh man! Based off my based off my previous horrendous take on Luca, I think I need to uh, go with the Mavs here. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I that's really I think hard. I might go with the Clippers the rest of the way. I think I might go with the Clippers the rest of the way. It just seems like they've found a a good spot to be in where they've kind of solved the puzzle and. You know, they beat him last year and Porzingis is worse now than he was last year. Um, honestly, I wouldn't, it would not surprise me if the Clippers just took the next two games and ended this in six. It just really looks like that is the direction that this is heading. Um, but, you know, maybe Luca, maybe Luca, I mean, that's it wouldn't surprise that's me. That's what I'm thinking. If Luca goes off for like 40, the like, problem. I, I just, I don't know if the Mavs have somebody, and I know they've got Tim Hardaway Jr., and uh, you, you could maybe see a big game out of him, but do the Mavs really have enough to make you consistently have to avoid keying in on Luka? I don't know if they do. Um, now that the Clippers have seemed to figure out what to do against the Mavericks, it's kind of the Mavericks' turn to uh, adjust and... I don't think the Mavs are as talented as the Clippers are right now. So I think talent beats everything. I'll go with the Clippers. Yeah, that's fair. I would agree. But I do. I will have to say that I, I got to say that Luca looks like he can be the best player on a championship team, and he just doesn't quite have it around him yet. Oh yeah, that's, I mean that that's true for you know if you're 22 years old, you're probably not going to have a championship level team around you, but it's going to happen for him. Yeah, no, hopefully the the narrative, if the Clippers do pull this out, hopefully the narrative is not, oh, look at Luca keep, or they'd probably call him Luza, but uh, Luca <laughs> losing in the first round again. Like, hopefully that, it is going to be the narrative because these yeah, are NBA fans. I, and I really just what hate, they do, I but. really hate when we're like, bro, like you're 24, why would you want a finals? Like, please just give him, like what MJ didn't win a finals, he was like 28. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I kind of feel like Luca is, is getting a little bit of like, I, I, people don't seem to be hating on him too much. No, people I think, don't. I think yeah. it's kind of hard. I, to, I think, I think I was the only one who had any right, negative, anything negative to say about Luca, but yeah. <laughs> anyways, we're going into our next segment here. Truth or BS NFL edition. Our producer, Alex is going to give us some statements. We're going to tell you whether we uh, think they're true or not. All right, gentlemen, how we doing? Well, fantastic. Doing great. Lovely to hear. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. So first one, Joe Burrow in 2021 will have a better statistical year than Justin Herbert in 2020. That was 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. BS in, I'm going uh, yeah, BS. no, I, yeah, yeah Burrow <laughs> Burrow is not Herbert. Burrow is not, well, we'll see where he comes back from after the leg injury, but I, I truly believe that the comp, and this was before the leg injury, the comp for Burrow is Alex Smith. I really think that's the kind of guy he is. High, Good mental processing. The arm talent is not all there. And now we've got the, the 
devastating leg injury, which just kind of, I mean, that's probably a little bit heartless, but it is something to take into account. I Burrow, I don't even think Herbert in 2021 will be as good as Herbert. Well, maybe I don't. I don't know about that. Actually, Second year regression is common. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I, I don't see Burrow stepping up, especially on that Bengals team, which is, you know, Jamar Chase, the wide receiving core looks pretty good. Um, I still don't trust the offensive line. It looks a little better than pretty good. That receiving core is nice. Yeah, it's a nice T, wide receiving core. T Higgins core. surprised me. I didn't think T Higgins was going to be very good. T Higgins ended up being really, really good. Tyler Boyd's, you know, really good. And Jamar Chase is going to be a great addition. Having a great receiving core is very, you know, likely to increase a uh, quarterback's performance. I don't think Burrow is better than Herbert was last year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Burrow has a better statistical season than Herbert does this year. I kind of think I'll, 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 I'll play the opposite. I think it will happen. Just from like a pure like stat standpoint, if we're I'm not t- saying better, yeah. I'm just saying from yards, touchdowns, interceptions. Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball like 600, 700 times. He, I don't I know mean, if he will. I don't know I, if he will. They did kind of last year, but he got ball. hurt. They've got Mixon. He's a good running back. How many times? And, no, and Herbert threw the no ball. Possible way that they just drafted Jamar Chase fifth overall. To throw less. But Herbert threw the ball 600 times last year, which is also a ridiculous amount. So how many more throws than that would Herbert have to, would Burrow have to do? You know, more and throws, Burrow, more <laughs> throws. I don't see it. Ha- I don't see, I don't see Burrow throwing over 30 touchdowns. I don't see Burrow throwing. Yeah, over the 30 touchdowns is what gets me, but the and yards, I, I think he'll hit the yards. The yards the, are the doable. touchdowns is tough because who knows? I don't know if I trust Zach Taylor enough. If he's running the offense to like get the, I mean, you have to have be on like a good offense to get 30 touchdowns. You have to be really cooking. Um, But I do think he has good weapons. I think he's going to throw it a lot. I think he'll hit the yards. I think he probably would have hit the yards last year if he hadn't gotten hurt. I think he was on pace to. Yeah, he like led that. He led the NFL in yards. Um, And I don't think he's going to throw a ton of interceptions. Probably more than 11, 10 if he's throwing it a ton. Like, I love Herbert and I think that he's super talented. I don't even know if Herbert surpasses what he did because I know everyone's expecting to be him to make that second year jump into an MVP candidate. But and I think that's definitely possible, but you know, it's it's hard to throw 31 touchdowns and you know, I don't even know if Herbert does it. Yeah, I, I guess I guess where I'd be sitting on that. I think he beats the yards, touchdowns is probably going to be tough and then interceptions yeah. he'll he'll do fine on interceptions most likely. It, it'll be the touchdowns that's the trouble, but all right, next, going to the Chargers. If the Chargers get Julio Jones, they will be able to compete with the Chiefs, Bills, Browns, and Ravens for the AFC title. I'm going true. One I, I'm leaning true. Yeah. I, I just talked about how the Bengals adding Jamar Chase improves Joe, Joe Burrow's chances of being a really good quarterback. Same thing goes for Herbert and Julio Jones. If they had Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Mike White, like that offense would be stupid. Not to mention, like that takes the load off Austin Eckler because I know they use Eckler a lot in the passing game. They, you know, they'd be able to use him, you know, a lot more conservatively. So I, that offense would be scary. It's more than just it's. It would be a great passing attack. It really would. But it's it's more than just seven on seven, and you need more than just the wide receiving core and the quarterback, which I think they would have. And their wide receiving core would be absolutely stacked. I'm not lying, and I think their passing attack would probably be top 
you know, definitely be top 10 bordering on top five. But I, again, I don't trust their defensive line outside of Boza. I don't trust their linebackers. I don't trust their corners. And I only trust one of their safeties. Um, and Herbert, I think Herbert is still a little bit of a wild card because he's a young quarterback and we're not totally sure the direction he's going to go in, even though I like him. And I'm not, I do like Lindsley, like they got the Corey Lindsley, who's a great center and Rashawn Slater, I think once again, a wild card, a guy that I'm optimistic about, um, but a wild card because he's a rookie. I don't know. I don't think they beat the, I don't think they're quite as good as the chiefs and I don't think they're quite as good as the bills. And I don't think they're quite as good as the Browns, even if they got Julio Jones, just because I just don't like the depth on their defense outside of Boza and Derwin James. I don't think they really have anyone that I trust. And, you know, Herbert, his accuracy needs to get better. That was one area where he kind of struggled last year. I remember when they got blown out by the Patriots, like 45 to zero. Um, it's no guarantee that Herbert just turns into this MVP candidate. Even though I do like him. I do like him a lot. I'm just saying, like, I, I go false again there. I don't think that adding Julio Jones may, vaults the Chargers into like Super Bowl contention, which is what they would have to be. Yeah, they wouldn't be better than the Chiefs. Uh, you look at like, I think you could still make an argument between who would have better weapons at that point, the Chiefs or the Chargers. The Chiefs have an offensive line that they project to be very good, just like the Chargers, even though they've had to replace a lot of their pieces. And, you know, we don't think that running backs matter too much. And both of them have good running, running game matters, regarding. though. Running, running game matters, yeah, which is kind of more of an offensive line thing. Valuable, than a, yeah. But having a singular top five running back isn't significantly more valuable than having like, I don't, I don't know, like any other standard running back. Yeah. So like I was, so like I was saying, um, the running backs are about even, I don't know why everybody just jumped on me for no reason. (laughs) I'm sorry. Although I would say that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is not very good and Austin Eckler is. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you can talk. <laughs> I was just saying that, okay, you look at those two offenses, right? Then if you think it's about even before you get the quarterbacks and you're asking Justin Herbert to be Patrick Mahomes and that's a big ask, even though we like him. It wasn't yes. about the running backs. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire was very bad his rookie year. He was very bad. One of the worst starting running backs in the league. So I do think that that going Eckler does give a little bit of an edge to the Chargers there. I would, if, if the Chargers got Julio, they would have better weapons. Well, I would like, I think the question was, uh, would they be able to compete? Not necessarily are they better, but would they be competitive? Yeah, they'd and be that's why I'm leaning true. So but I think still, they would be competitive. Yeah, I'd still like other teams. It's just a lot to ask of a second-year quarterback into the day. That, yeah, um, absolutely. And you need you do you the Chargers still need a lot to break their way to be like a truly uh, like Super Bowl contending level team. So I'm saying fault because I think to say like yeah they could beat them. I think they could beat them last year. I'm just saying that they're not Super Bowl contenders, which does not put them in the level as the Browns, Bills or chiefs. So I'm saying BS on this one. Um, it would be a nice step in the right direction, but, uh, they need, they need more on defense before I would say true on that. Fair enough. All right. Carson Wentz will lead Indy to a winning season and look similar to the Wentz of old BS man. I know you're going to say true. 
I was still, I don't even know if I'm going to say true. What makes you think that I'm going to say true? Because we talked about this already and I was like, well, I don't okay. know if I, I like the I Colts think, and you were like, you're being too harsh on the Colts. I Look, I, I think that, well, the Colts have a good team. Over, I mean, you thought you didn't think you don't think that last year Philip Rivers was very good, do you? No, I don't. And think they, and they, and, yeah, and they weren't a bad team last year. So we right. know that outside of quarterback play, they have a good team, and a winning record is nine and eight. That is in a bad division. That's not a stretch for almost any team to think that that could happen, especially a team like the Colts. The world in which they don't hit that is if Carson Wentz is just straight up not better. If he's the same guy he was last year, then yeah, they might have trouble hitting that. Yeah. Uh, but even if there, there's, I think there's an in between where Carson Wentz doesn't look like the Carson Wentz of old and the team is still good enough to win nine games. And that's probably my, what my concern isn't even that he looks like the Carson Wentz of old or that he looks somewhere in between. It's like, even if he looks somewhere in between, he's still just a volatile player just by style. And if a couple passes don't go his way, he's all of a sudden top three in turnovers. And like, that's, that's the concern is that, you know, Phillip Rivers didn't look great, but he wasn't top three in turnovers. And that's why they were still able to win games. If he's top three in turnovers, they're not winning games. You know, I, I think you guys bring up regression all the time, but never the opposite. Carson Wentz I, I has a historically bad year for him. <laughs> and then I literally said, Jimmy, I've said before that I think he'll, I think he'll probably balance out, but because of his volatility, he's a, I think he's a lot like Jameis Winston. And I think Jameis Winston on the Colts get nine, uh, gets nine wins. So, yeah, I, I would say the the division being bad is really what gets me here because I don't, I'm not the biggest Colts believer. I don't think their wide receiving core is like super great. I don't think Wentz is super great. Their defense is pretty good. I don't think it's elite. I don't think it's elite. I think that it's pretty good. Um, so that all kind of wraps up in a package where I would say like hovering around 500 is about the, the projection. Um, but because they're in a bad division where I think they can pick up, although I said before, I think Jacksonville is winning the division. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. And, uh, I'm going to say <laughs> BS again, Jacksonville's winning this division because they have the best quarterback and weapons. And, um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And the Colts are going to finish uh, not nine and eight, but just as easily eight and nine. And it's not going to happen. So I'm calling BS on this one. Uh, Jacksonville is was my bold take. They're going worse to first. And uh, I'm sticking with that. And all the haters and losers can cry. Uh, I'm going to lean the uh, go with the take that the 2021 Colts are going to be the 2019 Buccaneers. What happened to the 2019 Buccaneers refreshment? Nobody remembers seven, that team. They were 7-9 and nine with Jameis Winston, who threw like 30 touchdowns and 30 picks. I don't think Carson Wentz will throw 30 interceptions. I don't think he'll throw 30 touchdowns. <laughs> There's an in-between that he can hit. I, I don't know. I think, I think the Colts... Um, I think the Colts will do enough to get nine wins. It'll that's, be probably the, that's probably the best take. Every, every year, every year, I sit here... And I look at the Colts, I'm like, they're not going to be good. And then they keep being good anyway. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of doing that to myself for no reason. For some reason, I just can't get myself to believe in the Colts. So this year, if believing in them is saying that they're going to get nine wins, I believe in them. <laughs> I believe in the Jaguars more. All right. All right. Speaking of regression, the Browns will regress because, <laughs> because, they, have no. a, because they have a healthy Odell. 
And Baker will once again feel pressure to throw to him, making the offense less potent. So true. So true. Browns. That one is, <laughs> that is the gospel. That is, as no. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I hope not, because I think Odell's very good. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that if Odell is back and Baker just wants to throw to him in triple coverage, uh, that would be bad. I but can guarantee obviously. you that if that does happen, you will not see fans blaming Baker Mayfield. They will blame Odell. Is Odell making Baker Mayfield yeah. worse? It's like, no. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, that that will be kind of... That's that's the one thing people are always like, oh, are you sold on Baker? It's like, I have a Baker jersey. I like the guy. But if he goes out and just starts forcing passes to Odell, like, yeah, that's that's the... I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen this time. Uh, I'm not sitting here projecting Baker to just be considerably worse because he has a good receiver and he can't handle that. (laughs) Um, I do think like maybe he had some problems forcing it to Odell too much, but that's, I know we just talked about how mentality things aren't actually that easy to fix, but that is not that, that should be something that they can fix in the off season. So I'm not too worried about it. Also that's considering he dealt with the likes of Hugh Jackson and Freddie kitchens in the past. So you know, having a full year with a great head coach, I, I think he'll be fine. So yeah, I feel I'm like gonna, I'm going to go with false. I feel like at the end of last season, he was probably gained a little bit more trust in the Higgins and Peoples Jones and guys yeah. like that to the point where, whether it be the coaching staff or whether it be Baker, whoever is you know the one. You, whether that be yeah play design or just baker it's well it's baker because the play design does not say force it to it says go to your second read but i do think that baker will i think it might still happen a couple times on occasion but i think that baker will that won't be the problem i have some questions about again baker in will he be better in winter this time i know that he had that stretch where the browns weather was just really bad and, you know, he didn't really play well in that. But, you know, neither did Watson. I, I know they yeah, played. But the there were, there weren't a lot of quarterbacks who could play in that weather. Yeah. So maybe the Brown, the Cleveland's just climate will be the biggest determined, like the determining factor on how uh, how they do this year, because they, they got some bad draws for about a month there last year where the weather was just atrocious every game. Yeah. I kind of think that if Odell is really that big a problem or not Odell being a problem, but. Baker trying to force it yeah. to an elite receiver, they can just trade him. They would just yeah. they wouldn't let that go on forever. Unrelated, do you have a microscope in the background right now? Yeah, I do have a microscope in my yeah. I do. Why? Well, uh my grandpa was an eye doctor and he has that microscope that does not work, but I thought that it looked cool and he's like, you can have the microphone. And it, I am currently using it as a hat stand. Um, Matt, I don't even know how you saw that. I, you know what? I, I just, Theo was, you know, talking. and I Can I flip this back sudden, to you and say, you're drinking out of a cup right now. Is that White Castle on, is that the design that's on it? Is it no, from this is Castle? from a beach in South Carolina. Oh, some okay. Restaurant there. Why I've are you drinking out White of a Castle? Pl- why are you drinking out of a plastic cup anyway? Like glasses, what you you're at home. Plastic cups are better. No, they're not. Can we please. Yes, they are. <laughs> no, they're not. Yes, they are. No, first off, this first is off, as bad as the first off, plastic first cups all, are better. First of all, no. glass is definitely the best cup to drink out of. Nope. Yes, plastic. a lot. First off, plastic cups are easy to make bigger. 
You're not going to see a big glass <laughs> cup. Yeah, no, no, oh, no, no. I have glass <laughs> cups in my home, right? They're way just smaller. Just get another hold... cup. You don't need like a or giant. Or just get one big cup. <laughs> Second off, when you go to sports events, you know how they always sell the souvenir cups? Yeah. Well, it bothers my mom to no end that every time me and my dad go to a game, which is, you know, like fairly often, we get those cups and then we have our cabinets are just full of plastic souvenir cups. Oh, I have a funny story about this. So, so <laughs> every time we go now, of course, we make the point of getting these plastic cups to bother my mom. Last year, we went to a bunch of Diamondbacks games and they had these souvenir cups that they would like give everyone with like Nick Ahmed on it and just a bunch of people. And me and my friend Brendan and my friend Quentin, we would literally take every, we'd make a lap around the stadium and take every plastic cup we could find. And we had a stack in his room that like (laughs) went to the ceiling of like a hundred Nick Ahmed cups. And right before winter break, it was cup miss. And we started leaving these cups in front of everyone's dorm door. And uh, that was uh, to get rid of them. And then everyone had a Nick Ahmed cup at uh, Taylor Place at Arizona State. And uh, that was Cupmas. And that's my plastic cup story. But uh, the well, reason we gave Why do you guys a- not like plastic? What What is superior about glass cups? It's just more refreshing. Yeah. How? I disagree. It is. I think the water tastes better. Refre- I, <laughs> the water tastes better. In a pl- the plastic just is, is the, the air inside the plastic. It kills the freshness. It's something about the plastic. I don't know the science behind it, but you're crazy. Yeah. I'm the only one with good takes here. Bladen likes lemon ice cream. I- <laughs> Matt drinks out of plastic souvenir cups and just around his house. Me. God. Anyway, that was a big sidetrack. What's next? <laughs> what do we, what was the, oh, I think it's false. I think, I think, uh, I think I Odell. I think, <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's I think false, Baker's it's connection with Odell false. is not going to be as big of a problem as it was last year. Let's finish with this. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers will play for the Packers, win the NFC North, and possibly the NFC itself. Was there a possibly thrown in there? There was a possibly. Well, yeah, possible that happens, yeah. But uh, I've got to say, no, I expected... Uh, Aaron Rodgers to get traded and the Packers to get launched into a era of mediocrity. Um, and if anything else happens, I'll be pleasantly surprised. How about you guys? So well, Theo here is actually picking against the good thing happening to his team. Shockingly, um, real hard hitting analysis. <laughs> hey, he's, he's either right or he's happy, you know, but you so. can't, you, but by doing that, you're not giving yourself the chance to have both. Yeah. Who cares about, bo- I just need one. I don't if it happens. We're not, we're I not don't care get into that NFL game theory again, or like take game theory. There's anyway. What do you guys think? I think <laughs> I personally think. Well, actually, no. Here's my legitimate take. I won't just. I think Rogers plays one more year for Green Bay. That's the agreement. Everyone knows it going into this season, and then they grant him his wish and they trade him after this year. I think that that's what happens. That's my honest, not me just picking against them. That is my honest assessment where they work it out. He's there for this year. And then after that, every all the air is clear. Everyone knows what the plan is. And then they move on. And yes, this year, if that happens, they do have a chance to, you know, win the NFC. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I can even disagree with that. I was going to go and disagree with your first, and your, the first take you had about just going against your team, but that's pretty spot on. I think retiring is a bit much. Like, that's pretty extreme. I, don't, yeah, I guess I don't we don't know Aaron. 
Um, but if he was going to get tricked, <laughs> I know Aaron. <laughs> if he was going to get traded, maybe maybe I'll end up looking dumb. But like, wouldn't it, the odds are it would have happened by now? They would have moved him on draft night. It, it makes less. The longer you wait to do this, the less sense it makes. Um, and I, I don't think Green. If okay, Green Bay knows how good Jordan Love is better than anybody else. So if Jordan Love isn't good, then they're really not going to trade Aaron Rodgers for anything. What's They're not just going to choose to be bad. Right. Um, so them not moving Rodgers by now makes me feel like they think they can get him to play. Yeah, and I think he comes back because I think that he comes back for Lafleur. I think he likes Lafleur. I think he loves his teammates. I don't. I think he likes Jordan Love. I mean, he said. I mean, obviously, he's going to say it. He's not going to come out and be like, "I hate every, all my teammates." But I truly do believe him when he says it's not about the draft pick. It's not about my teammates. It's. It's. I. I like all of those things. I. I think he comes back and plays for them. I really have that. I hope he does. I have that faith in him that he comes back and plays for his teammates, despite the fact that I do, do think he legitimately hates Mark Murphy, the the not the owner because it's technically publicly owned, but the de facto owner and the GM. I don't think he likes those guys, but I think he comes back and plays at least one more year for his for Devonte and for Lafleur. And I don't think he leaves those guys out to dry. Um, at least that's what I'm hope hoping. But um, I'm going to say true for this one, but. They're not going to trade him. And, you know, Rogers, have you seen the pictures of him in Hawaii? He is having the time of his life out there. He is, <laughs> he is living it he, up. He's and he vibing. Can, he's vibing. He is vibing with, uh, with his, I don't, did they get married? I know they were in gay. I don't know if they got married, but, uh, I, I think Rogers is the type of dude who has a, a diverse set of interests and can walk away kind of from football. He's not like Brady where Brady is just like, I got to play football. I'm going to play football. Like I, everything about it is just football. I'm not going to eat a strawberry. Is that your I'm Tom not, Brady impression? Man? No, it's, I'm just going to play. I'm not going to eat any strawberries. I'm not going to drink a beer. I'm not going to, I'm just going to just football all the time. And that he's not like that. But Rogers is a little bit more Zen, a little bit more. I'm going to go vacation in Hawaii and uh, he could walk away. Um, I could definitely see that happening, but I, I like to think he'll be back for his teammates for at least one more year. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here today. Not only for the segment, but for the show, uh, I appreciate y'all tuning in and listening all the way through. Uh, make sure to like review, Leave us a five-star, subscribe, whatever the platform you're listening on lets you do. Uh, follow that TikTok at Stay Hot Pod, and I'll catch you guys on Friday, Saturday, whenever the next one goes up. And uh, let us know about drinking from plastic cups and let Matt know how terrible of a take that That's is. And that he terrible. finally missed all the comments <laughs> that'll be like, you never miss, bro. They're going to no, be that, in that for is, a big surprise a when they once Theo wants me to get those comments so bad. I do. He's, a, he's a hater, honestly. No, Theo, you're my biggest hater by a lot. <laughs> I'm team. I'm well, team Morant. <laughs> also, we are gonna do a uh, a mailbag on Friday, so make sure you can uh, get our get your question into us at six one four three four nine eight zero five zero, or you can go ahead and shoot us an email uh, at stayhotpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Catch you on the flippity flop. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.